This is Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. Here's Bernie Fratto. Well, as I've said many times before, sports are the greatest reality show invented, and you can script everything but the outcome. That's why this time of year is so much fun. And in our complex world, there are objective truths and there are personal feelings. Our job tonight and every night is to make sure you don't confuse the two. And on that note, I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Tonight, we'll quickly recap last week in the NFL because it will leave clues as to what we can expect next week and beyond. Plus, there are some a few fun facts that were highlighted in, in week nine that I want to get to. There is questions that must be answered, and we'll discuss heavy, heavy, heavy football tonight. Remember, we go to 3 a.m. The first hour is straight out of Vegas, and the next three are Fox Sports Sunday. But we're going to get you ready for NFL Week 10, among many other things, including in about 15 minutes, we'll be joined by our Fox Sports Radio basketball guru, Aaron Torres, and he, we're going to touch upon what the season will hold for us as it's now officially tipped off with a little prognosticating. And after Steve DeSager's update, we'll touch ever so briefly on some predictions for college basketball. Aaron will stay with us, some early impressions, and I'm going to share with him where the money is coming early on on who will get to the Final Four, win the national championship, and we'll see how that compares with his notes. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them, and you've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Fran Tarkenton, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. I want to, in rapid-fire fashion, get to a few NFL things here as the season. Uh, week 10, t- uh, uh, well, we actually, Week 10 has already kicked off. If you saw that instant classic Thursday night, I can tell you there's an interesting takeaway from that, and that's the fact that the NFL realizes now the importance and the benefit of legalized sports betting. As the audience stayed with that clunker, even though heading into the fourth quarter, there were more punts than points. There were 14 punts combined by the two teams, nine points, no touchdowns the first three quarters. What's the significance? See, you could have bet on a prop. You could have got 165 to 1 that neither team had score a touchdown and you know what it almost cashed heading into the fourth quarter there were no touchdowns but with 11 23 to go in the game Xavier Howard had that fumble return from Miami that was the first touchdown of the game and so what keeps an audience riveted there if you've got a few shekels on the game and that's why legalized sports betting and that Thursday night game actually they're joined at the hip now it's here Another real oddity in week nine, there were four teams that, you know, first place this late in the season, the Bills, Raiders, Cowboys, and Packers, they all lost outright to teams that were under 500. That almost never happens in November. A couple of other trends worth noting. NFL teams, we're seeing this this year now. This is a 2021 trend. Teams who did not cover the spread in their last game and they're facing a team the following week 
who did cover the spread were the teams who did not hang the number 39 and 14 the following week. That's pretty good. That's about 78%. Now, who are those teams that, that would qualify for that this week? Carolina, Dallas, Las Vegas, New Orleans, and Philadelphia. And one of those teams I don't like, I think they're overpriced, but I want to, in kind of quick, quick hitter, lightning round fashion here, hit a few of these other games that are significant that I believe obviously have ramifications and are getting a lot of action. Cleveland at New England. Pats land two and a half. The Browns will bring their number three rush defense, and that could be a problem for Bill Belichick. By the way, here's an interesting side note on this game, and it's sort of a great trivia question. A gentleman on uh, Twitter who goes uh, by the Twitter handle of Follow Fade, he's very clever, uh, he, he sent me a question, said, who's the last team? Check that. When's the last time the Cleveland Browns won a game in New England? Well, the answer was 1992. Here's the punchline. The coach of that team for the Cleveland Browns, it was Bill Belichick. Now, this is a toss-up game tomorrow. I'm not going to I'm not going to be on this game because I think there are better games on the board that I'm going to get to. Again, Browns, number three rush defense. Meanwhile, Cleveland, Denzel Ward has become a tremendous lockdown corner. And I think the key, the Browns must pressure Mac Jones and get sacks or he could wear them out. New England is also very stout against the run. They want to win the time of possession battle. And while the Patriots have been playing very well, I think they're on the out, you know, they're on the short list to be a wild card team. This is a tough game for them. The Browns defense is really good against the run. And uh I think they're gonna pressure Mac Jones. So this there's a chance for Cleveland to make a statement road win. Uh, you may have read it in all the papers. OBJ is no longer there. And in case you're scoring at home, and I hope you are, with OBJ on the Browns, they were 14 and 15. When he wasn't dressed, they were 10 and 4. Do with that what you will. We'll be tackling that later in the show, and I'll bring in the crew and get some of my thoughts. But that's a game for people to watch. I think it's going to be a very hard-fought game, maybe a final possession type game. Another game, the Tennessee Titans, who I've liked since day one, they're 7-2 against the spread this season, but they're only 2-2 two two when they're favored by 2.5 points or more, and they're favored by 2.5 against uh, New Orleans. Now, the Titans coming off four straight underdog outright wins. Now, that's happened in the NFL before, but it's only happened seven times in the last 22 years. And when a team has won four straight Underdog outright wins means they were an underdog four straight games. Not only did they cover the spread, they won the games outright. That's only happened seven times in 22 years. And when that happens, the following week, the team that has done that, only two and five straight up and one and six against the number in their next game. Uh, the Titans, they beat the Bills, Chiefs, and Rams in that four-game stretch. They nearly dropped the ball against the Colts. But listen, divisional games are always tough. This is a non-divisional game. I think New Orleans comes to town, getting a lot of respect. You can uh, do what you will with that game. I'm not going to be on it. Another game that I think is interesting, Minnesota traveling out west to play the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers laying two and a half. Vikings, seven other eight games this year, decided by less than seven points. They're like the hard luck weird team. Meanwhile, Chargers have been allowing 162 yards on the ground. That's the worst in the NFL. This game is huge for both teams because the AFC West is so tight that the Chargers basically need to win every game 
here on out, certainly against the under 500 teams. And the Vikings, look, you can't call a 3-6 and six team great. They're not great, but they're way better than the record, I believe. And this, should gonna be, this is going to be a very intense uh, uh, matchup. Under Mike Zimmer, they're 15-5 and five against the spread. When coming off a road loss to a non-divisional team, again, not a game I'm involved in. It looks too tough. These are really important games tomorrow. Here's a game I am involved in. I grabbed Atlanta plus nine. Why? Atlanta, first of all, they're at Dallas. I think there are some questions about Dallas. They're on my short list of teams to get to the Super Bowl. But what? how's Dak's health? How are they going to deal with the loss of Randy Galloway? Can Dallas, can Dallas stand prosperity? They do this every time. They gave up 407 yards of offense to Denver last week. And... I just think Dallas is overpriced here. Uh, Matt Ryan picked apart a pretty darn good Saints defense last week. That's the same defense that stymied Tom Brady. And you have to give their head coach, Arthur Smith, credit. He's done a great job of creating one-on-one matchups or mismatches with Kyle Pitts, the first-round draft choice, who's paying huge dividends, and Cordero Patterson. Matt Ryan's a veteran pocket quarterback. And the Dirty Birds, maybe they hang this number tomorrow. Maybe they went out right. But I think Dallas is laying too many points in laying the nine. Another game I like a lot. I do like Green Bay at home tomorrow. It's now settled to minus three and a half. If you're scoring at home, and again, I hope you are. Seattle 0-6 against the spread their last six trips to Lambeau Field. Uh, obviously, this has been a weird game all week. Would Russ play? Would Russ not play? Would 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 Aaron Rodgers play? Would he not play? The line went from five and a half down to three and a half now, or now to, down to three. Now it's back to three and a half. It looks like the proto the COVID protocols are in, and Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Thank God. I think we'd rather see that than Geno Smith versus Jordan Love, with all due respect. But the Packers are the better team. And I'm going to work on the assumption that Rodgers, back from COVID, is better, is going to outduel Russell Wilson, all right? Uh, Green Bay, I, I, they've kind of been under the radar in this sense. After they got poleaxed week one at New Orleans, they've proceeded to cover eight in a row. They're eight and one against the spread. That's Green Bay. That's number one in the NFL. The key to this game, something to watch. This is important. Seattle has been very good in the red zone offensively, scoring 70% of the time. That's good for number two in the NFL. Meanwhile, Green Bay's defense, who's been better than advertised, actually, they're 31st in the NFL defensively in the red zone. Keep an eye on that. The game could certainly come down to that. One other quick one. We're going to get to the rest of these games, all these games, throughout the show. Uh, we have the Fezzik 5 at 12.20 p.m. Pacific. A, check that, 12.20 a.m. Pacific, 3.20 a.m. Eastern. Sunday night football tomorrow night. Kansas City Chiefs laying points on the road at the Las Vegas Raiders. Gee, you think the Raiders have been in the news much this year? My goodness. But the Chiefs continue to be expensive. 3-18 and 18 against the number in their last 21 games. Raiders are 5-1 and one against the spread as a home dog in their last six games. And the Chiefs, there are a couple of things that until I honestly see Marked improvement, and I have to see it. The Chiefs have 19 turnovers this season. Let me tell you how incredible that is. Here's how incredible it is. I'm glad you asked. From 2014 to last year, Andy Reid's Chiefs had a total of 16 turnovers in that five-year period, and they've got 19 this year. And how was your day? Now, the Raiders, they're 27th in rushing and 27th in the red zone. Here's why I say that. 
They cannot settle for field goals and expect to beat the Chiefs tomorrow night. I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, it's a historical rivalry, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch right here in Las Vegas. It's the Sunday night game. Coming up, we're going to bring in our Fox Sports Radio guru when it comes to all things college basketball because we have hopes for a glorious college basketball season. It wasn't that long ago when a game was canceled at halftime and there was no more March Madness. We didn't know what was going to happen last year. They had a season. We were grateful to have a season. But with all kinds of fits and starts and speed bumps with bumps with COVID, it just wasn't the same. Take UNLV. They didn't play a game like for 28 straight days. There were several programs that had that. Rick Pitino's team had that. Didn't play a game for like six weeks. So, look, there's all sorts of teams that got first-place votes, and including UCLA, Baylor, Duke, Memphis, St. Bonaventure. Who were the favorites? Who are the highest ticket percentages here in Las Vegas in terms of who's fired and what's the highest handle, meaning who spent the most money and who they think is going to win the national championship? We're going to run all that by Aaron Torres, get his thoughts, his thoughts on the Final Four, and all things college basketball. We'll have a double dose of Aaron Torres coming up. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places that take credit cards in the U.S. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 News Report. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Friday. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire on mondays wednesdays and fridays facts only make sure you check your feelings at the door because no bs is allowed we keep it 100 this is where real conversations happen listen to the right or wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts we're back on straight out of vegas the pregame show you always wanted i'm bernie frato come to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios, without further ado, it's time to talk some college hoops. We've had a pretty solid slate this week of games, including tonight, including last night, Villanova, UCLA at Pauley Pavilion, where our guest was there hobnobbing with all the beautiful people. Say hello to our college basketball Fox Sports Radio guru, Aaron Torres. Aaron, how are you, buddy? Good. One quick cor- correction. Everyone was hobnobbing with me, the beautiful person, not the other one. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not beautiful at all. But I was there. I'll just say this, Bernie, and it's it's been a theme across all sports the last six or so months, eight months, maybe dating back to the NBA playoffs. It's just it's just so great to have fans back and college basketball, especially like college football, like the NBA playoffs, like the NFL. Just the fans have such an impact. I think they actually played an impact in that Villanova UCLA game last night. But just so 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 great to be back in arena at full capacity absolutely it it, it it's everything and as we look forward one of the things the fans also do is bet 
and there's been a ton of championship betting here in Las Vegas, including BetMGM. So you can bet the favorite, the highest ticket percentage, the highest hand. Let's tell you what, Aaron, let's have a little fun with this sort of in a lightning round fashion. Right now, Gonzaga's the favorite at 6-1 to one here in Las Vegas. Michigan 12-1, to one, UCLA 12-1, to one, Villanova 12-1. to one. Here's what throws me. So in terms of the handle, which means the amount of money that the public and or the pros have bet on the futures for a team to win it all, a full 24% of the money is on uh, the Zags to win it all. Now, hold that thought. We'll come back to them. But Kansas is behind them. And in third place, wait for it, Duke. Duke has 7% of the money. Now, I know they're ranked ninth, and they hope to rebound from the worst campaign in 25 years and give Coach K a proper send-off. Aaron, in your view, is that warranted? Being the third favorite, is that what you're asking specifically, Bernie? The third most money, the third favorite is UCLA. The, the third most money that has come in here in Las Vegas at BetMGM as to who will win it all is Duke. So what I would say to that, Burn, is a few things. One, um, I don't think it's absurd. Now, one, we got to remember Duke's a very public team, the way that Notre Dame is, the way that Cowboys are, whatever. Um, I'm sure some of that maybe recently may have come in after the Kentucky game the other day. The thing that Duke has going for him, one, is obviously the emotional sentiment of Coach K's final season. The other thing which we all saw on Tuesday. They have the guy that I believe will be the number one pick in the next NBA draft. His name is Paolo Bancaro, about a 6'10 forward from uh, the Seattle area. And so he is such a dynamic player, and we do know that usually it's the elite players that win in March, although historically the best freshmen don't usually win in March unless they're surrounded by really good upperclassmen. I mean, Zion Williamson famously didn't make a Final Four. Kyrie Irving didn't make a Final Four. On and on and on and on and on. And so so I, I, I'll readily admit I am very surprised to hear that. I don't think it's inconceivable. I think I feel better about Duke even dating back to before the Kentucky game versus now the way they defended. But I am surprised to hear that they are the third favorite in Vegas right now. Yeah, in terms of the amount of money coming in. All right, let's look at the favorite Gonzaga six to one on paper. They've got a ton of talent. Chet Holmgren essentially steps in and takes over for Jalen Suggs. Is Aaron, when they write the history books, is is Gonzaga going to be the greatest regular season team in history, or they, can they finally get it done, and can they get it done this year? It's really interesting. I, I was a little lower on Gonzaga coming into the year than most people, um, and I was I was very high on Texas, and then of course tonight Gonzaga beat the brakes off Texas. So I will say, um, you know, I think a lot of the Gonzaga narrative is unfair. I mean, last year they were clearly the second best team in college basketball. It just so happened that they had to play the best team in college basketball for the national championship. Some years you don't even face the teams that can potentially beat you. Um, um, I was a little lower on them coming into the year strictly because of the guards that they lost. You mentioned Jalen Suggs, first-round pick of the Orlando Magic. Corey Kispert, first-round pick of the Washington Wizards. Joel Ayayi, who I believe is with the Los Angeles Lakers right now. Um, I don't know if Saturday night made me reevaluate it or if it was just a good opening performance for them against Texas. Texas, of course, has a bunch of transfers. So I'm a little bit lower on the Zags, the reason being young guards specifically that Gonzaga has. Uh, I need to see a little bit more of them. I'll see them in Vegas actually over the Thanksgiving holiday when they play UCLA and Duke over a four-day period. I'm a little bit lower on Gonzaga, though, despite what they did tonight than, I, than a lot of people are. 
Talk about, tell the nation about seven foot one, 190 pound Chet Holmes. Sure. Now, real quickly, my one memory of him is when him and Jalen Suggs were at the Minnehaha Academy, and it was only about 18 months ago. It was January 2020. Sierra Canyon, led by Bronny James and Zaire Wade, went to Minnesota, and the Minnehaha Academy, led by Holmgren and Suggs, beat Sierra, uh, Sierra Canyon by 20. Do you remember that game? Of course. I think that might have been the game that Jalen Suggs committed to Gonzaga. And at the time, he was the highest rated commit to ever commit to Gonzaga, who was replaced by his future teammate, Chet Holmgren. Right. So Holmgren, you know, kind of tonight, I think, might be reflective of the up and down. You you listed the measurables, Bernie Fratto. Um, and sometimes the measurables are a little bit overrated. I don't think in this case they are. He's really tall. He is really athletic. He is going to alter and block a lot of shots at the rim, but his size and lack of – he's not an unphysical player. Like, he's not afraid of contact, but there's just so many limitations to what you can actually do when you're that skinny and that small. And so tonight against Texas, Texas, I thought, did a good job of roughing him up. He finished with two points and five rebounds, also did have two blocks, but it was really Drew Timmy who led them. And so I just bring it up to say I think it's going to be an up-and-down deal for him all year. What makes him unique is that about seven foot one, he's almost got a Chris Stapps Porzingis. He can step out. He can shoot the three ball. But if he's going to spend time in the paint, I think he's going to be in for a rude awakening on the physicality of college basketball. I think some of these elite high school players, they come into college basketball thinking it's going to be a cakewalk. And you can say a lot of things about college basketball. But when you're going up against grown men that are four or five years older than you, it's going to be tough. I think he's in for a little bit of that this year. Talking with Aaron Torres, our college Basketball guru here at Fox Sports Radio. College basketball is underway. All right, Aaron, interestingly enough, the Big Ten has five ranked teams. So does the SEC. But interestingly enough, you don't have them in your preseason Final Four. I don't have who in my preseason Final Four. I'm sorry, I should have clarified that. Either a Big Ten team or a SEC team in your preseason Final Four. No, I, I don't. And, and you know, the thing I would say is, look, we know how March Madness works is that uh, anyone can make a run. I think there's very capable teams in both leagues. I mean, one, the Michigan Wolverines, Juwan Howard. Obviously, I know you know the Michigan program so well. Uh, I joke, Bernie. I said, Juwan Howard is everything Michigan fans thought they were getting in Jim Harbaugh and have not gotten uh, in terms of a coach that might actually be able to lead him to a national championship uh, in the SEC Listen, Kentucky's going to be good. I think they they hit a buzzsaw with Duke the other night. Arkansas is going to be good. Alabama, again, looks awesome. Uh, my final four, though, I will say, Bernie, the teams that I like. One, uh, this was my surprise one, and people think it's because I'm a homer. Uh, my UConn uh, Huskies, I am a UConn alum. I actually do not – it is not a homer pick. They basically return every – they lost a, 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 a lottery pick named James Booknight, but they return everybody else, and it's worth noting that he was out for a big chunk of last year, and they started to play really well without him. And what I would also say is for anyone who said I was a homer, uh, they open with a 51-point win over Central Connecticut, and then today they won by 35 against Coppin State. The competition will ramp up over the holiday week uh, when they go to Atlantis. I also have UCLA, who is phenomenal. They return everybody off last year's Final Four team. That incredible win last night over Villanova. I do still like Texas. For people who don't follow college hoops, uh, the transfer stuff, now players don't have to sit out with the one-time transfer rule. They signed six Six marquee transfers. Chris Beard, of course, the former Texas Tech coach, came to Texas across the Big 12, and he is there now. And my national champion is Kansas. Um, 
They looked great against Michigan State the other night, but Bill Self, historically, he is not a coach that is great with young players, with one-and-done type players. He's good when he has players who have been in his program for multiple years, even if their NBA NBA upside is limited. Well, guess what? He has four starters back off from last year's team, including Ochai Abadju at 29 points against Michigan State the other day. All right, so you've got your Final Four, Kansas, Texas, UCLA, and UConn. You've got Kansas over Texas. Tell you what I want to do coming up. I want to hit some – I'm going to I'm gonna run some teams by you, run some individual players by you, talk about how you project them as the season goes on. And we'll, I'm even going to mention one team that's a dark horse and another Ooh. team that hasn't come up in this conversation yet, and for very good reasons, but very conspicuously, they've been left out of this conversation so far. But first – Let's go to Steve DeSager with the latest. Hello, gentlemen. Speaking of college hoops, number one Gonzaga led by 20 at the half against fifth-ranked Texas. Beat the Longhorns 86-74. Zags have won 53 straight at home. And it's a week from Tuesday. Number one Gonzaga against number two UCLA in Vegas. Then Gonzaga against Duke is the Bulldogs' next game. Tonight, All-American Drew Timmy, 37 points. Number nine Duke survived to beat Campbell 67-56. Duke was only up 56-50 with about seven minutes left in the game. Dartmouth defeated Georgetown 69-60. USC was up 19 at the half and held on to beat Temple 76-71. The late NBA game went to the Clippers, their seventh straight. They dominated Minnesota. Cleveland over Boston in a comeback. Celtics are 6-7 and seven in the NHL overtime wins for Winnipeg and Tampa Bay. To the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers placed quarterback Ben Roethlisberger on the COVID list. Meanwhile, Green Bay activated quarterback Aaron Rodgers off the COVID list. Arizona placed running back Chase Edmonds on injured reserve. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray was called a game-time decision due to injury. Same with wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Reportedly tonight, the team is pessimistic pessimistic about either of those, but again, decision not going to be made on those by the Cardinals until tomorrow. Patriots running back Damian Harris is out with a concussion, and New England placed linebacker Jamie Collins on IR. Robert Woods out for the year with a torn ACL, and Julio Jones, Titans wide receiver, placed on IR with a bad hamstring. To college football in the late games, number three, Oregon, which was tied at the half, beat Washington State 38-17. Number 22, San Diego State, now 9-1. They've done it again. A field goal late beats Nevada 23-21. Wins for number one, Georgia, and number two, Alabama. Victories for Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. Ohio State's next two games, home against Michigan State and then at Michigan. Michigan. Baylor upset previously undefeated in eighth-ranked Oklahoma, 27-14 Bears. Tonight, number nine, Notre Dame led 21-0 in the second quarter and won at Virginia 28-3. In September, Notre Dame beat Purdue and Wisconsin, then lost to Cincinnati. That's Notre Dame's only defeat. They're 9-1. Number 10, Oklahoma State, 9-1 after ripping TCU on Fox TV tonight, 63-17. Oklahoma State's defense, seven sacks. Oklahoma State's offense, 40 first downs and over 680 yards. Ole Miss beat Texas A&M 29-19. Rebels only two losses against Alabama and Auburn this season. Wake Forest 45-42 winners against NC State. Each team committed three turnovers. Next Saturday, Wake at Clemson. By the way, Clemson beat 1-9 UConn today. Rutgers won 38-3 at Indiana, which is winless in the Big Ten. Houston and SMU with victories. USC at Cal was postponed to December due to COVID. Coastal Carolina with attendance of 16,000 lost 42-40 to Georgia State, which was 4-5. and five. But Kansas was 1-8, and, and they won in overtime at Texas, 
Texas Longhorns have lost five in a row. KU had lost 56 straight road games in conference, dating back to 2008. Arkansas in overtime won at LSU. UT San Antonio 10-0 after needing 10 late points to win 27-17 over Southern Miss, which is 1-9. Back to you. All right, thanks so much, Steve. We're joined by Aaron Torres, our Fox Sports Radio college basketball guru. Okay, let's continue on, Aaron, in what I would call lightning round fashion. Number eight, Baylor. They're in the coaches' poll, eighth, and in the AP Top 25, eighth. They're going to try to become just a second-repeat champion this century. Remember, Florida did it back in 06 and 07. Can they do it? Can they go back to back? Well, I'll tell you, they got another. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, transfers. They got a really good transfer. His name's James Akinjo. Uh, led the Pac-12 and assists at Arizona. When Sean Miller was fired, he decided to come. I just think there's too much competition. I, I don't love Baylor to to repeat as national champions. I think they're ranked about right, but I don't think they're winning six in a row. And another team I want to talk about, they're currently ranked 12th, but it's my understanding they have the nation's top recruiting class, even though they haven't made the NCAA tournament since 2014, (laughs) Memphis coached by Penny Hardaway. Can they make some noise? Well, they're going to have to because Penny Hardaway has recruited really well since he's been there and they haven't had much success. Uh, To their credit, they've done what they're supposed to do the first couple weeks. Um, My biggest concern with them, Bernie, and you've been following basketball a long time like I have, like most people listening have, they might have too many good players, and they, they really brought in two really elite freshmen, Jalen Duran, uh, who could be a lottery pick this year, Amani Bates, who's actually only 17 years old. He's not even eligible for this year's NBA draft. Um, and he, they brought those guys in in September after they had off-season workouts, after all the guys had been together. It seems as though the chemistry is good so far. I just worry, uh, you know, it's February, it's March. Guys that thought they were going to be bigger players playing bigger roles, aren't playing as much. It's easy to play guys, uh, play 11 or 12 guys against North Carolina Central on November 11th. It's a lot. uh, It is. It is. It's a real thing. And I'm telling you, that is kind of, I will say this, Memphis is one of the most interesting teams in college basketball, no doubt. But like I said, if anything, they might actually have too many good players, as crazy as that sounds. Well, I've I've seen that happen with Kentucky, right? So you're right. Sometimes that's a problem. But speaking of players, you've got an interesting selection for the gentleman you think will end up being the National Player of the Year. Yeah, I, I don't really understand why Hunter Dickinson from Michigan hasn't gotten more um, pub in the preseason. Drew Timmy, who has gotten most of the pub, looked the part tonight. Uh, Paulo Bencaro, the freshman at Duke, has looked really good. But Hunter Dickinson was the leading scorer and leading rebounder on a team that won the Big Ten, was a number one seed and made the Elite Eight last year. And when a kid is that good as a freshman, very rarely do they even return to college basketball this year, uh, college basketball in this era. And for him to decide to come back for probably his last year, his second year. Um, I, I just think he's going to be really good, and I think with, with less talent around him, uh, they are going to need to rely on him more, they being Michigan, and I will say, Bernie Fratto, as often happens when you're talking about Aaron Torres in college basketball, looks good so far, because he had 27 points and uh, 8 boards in his in his opener against Buffalo the other day. Well, the name I want to bring up, a local boy right where you're at, Johnny Juzang. UCLA was the only other team the only other school besides Gonzaga to earn first place votes, after, and, and they returned most of their core from the Final Four run, including Johnny Juzang. Could he jump up and be your Player of the Year? 
Oh, I think absolutely. And one thing I will say, uh, you know, I mentioned that I was a little bit lower on Gonzaga than most. And when I say a little bit lower, I had maybe third or fourth coming into the season. I thought it should be pretty consensus that UCLA was the number one team in the country. I mean, I know that that they weren't great in the regular season last year, but I think that that had more to do with injuries and players kind of, you know, the roster kind of being shuffled and reshuffled two or three times over. And that included Johnny Juzang, whose role definitely changed over the course of the year after he had transferred in from Kentucky. I bring it up to say they are the only team I can really remember, Bernie Fratto, in any type of recent history that literally returns every single player who played in their Final Four run last year. You saw it last night against Villanova. The depth eventually wore down Villanova. The athleticism, the length, the defense. And by the way, I'll say this. Mick Cronin took a lot of flack for his years at Cincinnati for what he was and was not able to do with Cincinnati in the NCAA tournament. One, I was blown away by Mick Cronin last year. Two, I was blown away by him last night. I thought he made a lot of smart coaching moves late, going offense for defense, using his fouls smartly. And so you have an elite coach and an elite program with, as you said, maybe the best player in college basketball in Johnny Juzang. The UCLA was not a one-hit wonder last year. They're built to stay, especially this year. One blue blood we haven't mentioned. They lost by eight to Duke in their opener. They bounced back. And if you had Robert Morris plus 39, you were disappointed. I'm talking about <laughs> Kentucky. How can we not have this conversation without mentioning you know, John Calipari? Can they come out of nowhere like they've done in the past? I think so, and the, the biggest difference with Kentucky this year, it's not freshmen, it's it's the transfer stuff, and, and I know I keep belaboring the point, but it is an important point. This one-time transfer rule where players don't have to sit out, it has completely changed college athletics and college yes. basketball. It has, and I think we're going to see it even more in college football, uh, but college basketball this offseason was craziness. Kentucky brought in four different transfers. Unfortunately, one of them was ruled out for the season this year, uh, this afternoon, excuse me, but they, they're older, they're more experienced, and I think what happened last year, Bernie, the weird COVID stuff, we talked about it earlier. You talked about it when you brought me in. I thought Kentucky, a lot of those kids early on checked out, said, this experience sucks. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. I'm leaving after this year anyway. Why even bother? The guys at Kentucky this year are not only talented, but they're older. They've played college basketball. The NBA upside might not be there, but I'll tell you this. They all appreciate being at Kentucky. They all love playing in front of 24,000 at Rupp Arena. This is a really good team. They're my favorite to win the SEC. Final team I want to talk about. They played tonight. I'm a, I'm kind of a Chris Beard fan. I got a kick out of him. Everybody forgets, probably, we're one possession away from winning a national championship at Texas Tech. Now, they don't have a very difficult non-conference schedule can texas sneak back in i know you've got them in your final four but can they be like a cockroach and a plate of spaghetti and mess it up for everybody else they're gonna mess up a lot of people this year um what i would say with texas again like like i said six impact transfers And, and what you said bernie is so important is so chris beard made a final four made a national championship game and was one defensive stop away from beating virginia in 2019 to win a national championship I bring it up because I can tell you definitively, Chris Beard did not leave Texas Tech for – he wasn't going to leave Texas Tech unless he was going to go to a school that he believed he could compete for national championships with every year. Now, the casual fan thinks of schools like Kansas, UCLA, Kentucky as those kinds of schools. 
Chris Beard, who is a Texas alum, who knows Texas as well as anybody, the high school footprint in Texas, he believes Texas can be those that kind of school. And so it is year one. They did lose to Gonzaga this evening. I'm telling you, though, man, the talent is there. Uh, they hit the portal hard. They have a bunch of older players that were all conference and other types of uh, conferences. Their starting point guard is a kid named Marcus Carr. He was all conference at, big, uh, at uh, Minnesota last year in the Big Ten. I spoke with him a few weeks ago, and he said, look, man, we're all here with one common goal. It's to win a national championship. We're putting our stats aside, our egos aside. I believe maybe he sold me a, a bogus bill of goods, Bernie, but uh, I believed him when he said that, and I believe that those older guys, again, at Texas, they all came there to compete at the highest levels, and I believe that they will. Well, I, I tell you what, I'd sign up for a Kansas-Texas final right now. you got a lot of blue bloods in there, and I think if this Final Four comes to fruition, and it might, there'll be some really good TV ratings. Aaron, let's do this again as we get closer to conference play. I will tell you this. If I get all four Final Four teams right, people will never hear the end of it. Nobody loves patting themselves on the back more than I do. So uh, I appreciate you having me, Bernie. And uh, anytime you need me, especially to talk college hoops, you know I love doing it, man. We're going to do it again soon. All right. Thanks so much, buddy. Get some rest. All right. That's Aaron Torres. Actually, you hear him and Jason Martin, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Pacific, uh, just before uh, this show. He is our... Fox Sports Radio college basketball guru, and he mentioned Las Vegas. Some great games in Las Vegas this week. By the way, Friday night, uh, 9.30 tip Pacific, our Michigan Wolverines come in to play our UNLV Running Rebels, who actually are off to a 2-0 start under Kevin Kruger, the son of Lon Kruger. Kruger was, of course, a point guard here back in 2007, the last time UNLV went to the Sweet 16, almost went to the Elite Eight, took Oregon to the ropes, but... I digress. Coming up, hey, there's NBA too, you know. Believe me, we're going to 3 a.m. We're going to do a ton of, we're going to do everything tonight. But there's been some NBA trends the first couple of weeks I think you might want to know about that might surprise you just a little bit because, you know, there's been some rule changes and some changing of the guards. How does that affect the betting markets? Well, we're going to tell you. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Frado. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas. The pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my crew tonight, Chris Perfett, Bo Benson. I want to thank Steve DeSager for working overtime tonight as Brian Finley had some UCLA duties. I believe he'll be joining us later, but thanks to Steve for hanging on. As I mentioned uh, a minute ago, the NBA is back. Now, there's, I think, things worth mentioning there. And what do I mean by that? All right. First of all, you've got a situation where there are new rules. Remember, the NBA implemented new rules to stop report, to stop uh, rewarding players who hunt fouls. You know, when you're dribbling at the top of the key, James Harden, I'm not going to mention any names, James Harden, uh, and you dribble and you lean forward and initiate contact into your defender, and then all of a sudden you're going to the free throw line to shoot three. You know, those guys were hunting fouls. Okay, you can't do that anymore. It's working. So now there are about 19.9 free throw attempts per game. By far the lowest ever. 
The lowest the NBA ever averaged for a season was 21.7. And so there's a lot, you know, it's, it's, it's very efficient to try to score when the clock is stopped. But if you're going to hunt fouls, the NBA's new rule to stop rewarding players who hunt fouls, I think it's been a good thing. By the way, there's a new basketball they're using this year. Wilson replaced Spalding as the official ball supplier this season, and players say they can tell the difference. It doesn't have the same feel. doesn't have the same softness. Paul George was very outspoken about it. Uh, Joel Embiid says he doesn't feel comfortable with it. That's an issue. Fans are back. Now, offenses were historically efficient last year in front of mostly empty or partially filled arenas. The return of fans, well, that means the return of crowd noise, distractions, pressure, etc. It's affected scoring. Through the first two weeks, there were a ton of unders. Now, you know, that's going to reverse. The markets will adjust. The lines will adjust. But there were a ton of unders. Um, teams set a new record for offensive efficiency in four of the past five seasons. Part of the reason offensive efficiency is down this year is because that's really not sustainable. Right? Stocks just don't go straight up unless you're Bernie Madoff. Well, offensive efficiency doesn't go straight up either. There's always adjustments. Here's where they've, we've noticed that the most, field goal percentage. The cumulative field goal percentage currently in the league is 44.8%. Hasn't been that low in nine years. The last year it was that low was 2012. 44.8%. Three-point percentage. The cumulative three-point percentage in the NBA this year so far, 34.3%. Has not been that low since 1999. That was the first year of the Sopranos, if you're looking for a reference. 33.9%. And players are, are still shooting a record number of threes. That's continuing for the 11th straight year, but there's not, they're not making them as much thanks to the rule changes, the ball, fans back, and all of the above. By the way, crazy day in college football today. Undefeated, Oklahoma goes down. It falls into a trend. It's what I call, my buddy Mark Lawrence also calls, the nooses tightening trend. Teams 9-0 and after week 9, heading on the road, have to play a team above 500. They only cover that 41% of the time. I like Dave Aranda. He's the head coach at Baylor. I had a feeling they were going to win that game. I even said so this morning with Arnie and uh, and uh, Jason Martin. It was a prediction of mine, and yes, I bet Baylor plus the five, but I didn't. I didn't bet the money line. Georgia just looks too good. We're going to get into this later. We're going to be with you till 3 a.m. talking about just about everything under the sun and all the big news in sports. So that's going to do it for this edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto, but believe me, we're just getting started. We're going to take you up to 3 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific, 6 a.m. Eastern. Up next, Fox Sports Radio, Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. That's the Department of Redundancy. Straight out of Vegas!